Thank God for the kids. Ah, thank God for them all. They bring joy to our lives. Thank you for that beautiful slideshow. Sonia and everyone else. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I didn't know that you were following me to my office for the candy now. Ah, gee. <laughs> All right, happy Father's Day, Father. Amen. All right. I have a few words for the fathers today, and I hope by the time I finish, you'll be happy still loving me as before, you know. Uh, I have a reading from uh, Paul to his son Timothy. First Timothy, let's open our Bibles. Chapter 6, First Timothy chapter 6. I want to take one verse, but to put you in the spirit of what Paul was telling his son Timothy, spiritual son, and he's telling them him some instructions. He's giving him some instructions. He was a pastor and how to act in the house of the Lord. And we start verse 6. 6-6. Six, six. Second, First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. And he tells him, Godliness actually is a mean of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. And if we have food and covering, with these, we shall be content. But those who want to get rich, son, fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. How true. And some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many a pang. But you flee from these things. You man of God. And pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. And you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. May God bless his word. Amen. Paul had a heart for Timothy. He writes, also in Philippians, there is no one like-minded like Timothy with me. He loved him so much, and he gave him some advice 
that we are going to extract few thoughts from it so we can share, I can share with you on this Father's Day. If I were to give a subject to my preach this morning, it'll be the responsibilities of a godly father. The responsibilities of a godly father. Part of the responsibilities is a candy man. <laughs> That's good, Dean. <laughs> Fathers, we are responsible. We have a great responsibility. And the first one I can think of without any introduction whatsoever. A godly father commands godly influence. We are still fresh. I need your attention. A godly father commands godly influence. In a word, today... That is on the brink of disaster. I really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. All over the world, not in the United States only, but all over the world, the world is on a brink of disaster. Where the majority, the majority are blatantly challenging civil order. And in the midst of what's happening around us, God is still looking for men of integrity. Men who command holy influence and godly influence. Men willing to stand for what is right, for their homes and for their nation. In verse 11, what we read, Paul addresses Timothy, his son, with these precious words. And I want to use a different translation. I want to use a different. He told him, so we can get it more. But you, Timothy, belong to God. So run from all these evil things. Follow what is right and good. Pursue a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Regardless of what's happening around us, we need men, especially, and of course, the audience too. We need to follow these instructions. These are characteristics. For a man of God, or the man of God, who's willing to be an example at home or in society. And every father in attendance today, and I hope every godly father, is responsible in his Godly influence to shape the Christian character of his household. Do you hear that? He is responsible 
to affect each and every person around him, starting with the family. Nothing can affect the home more than a father's godly influence who stands in the faith and walk, walks by the faith. The Bible says about this man, his delight, in Psalms chapter 1 verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And his law, in his law, in God's law, I mean, he meditates day and night. That's the godly man. So, fathers, this is our challenge today, me included. Your life has an influence on those around you. Regardless, your wife and your children are profoundly affected by your choices. So are your co-workers, your neighbors, your friends. As the world tries to persuade people to follow its own standard, listen to this, your life should reflect God's standard. And how do we do that, man? By obeying his word, regardless of the outcome. Regardless, we stand by God and for God. If these guidelines, if God's guidelines are practiced at home, they will affect our society, period. They will pay dividends in the life of our families. These are the solid foundation you build your home on and form your children's character. You know, someone said, I believe Bill McDonald, for a godly father and every believer, fathers or mothers, they cannot take anything with them except a godly character. When they go to heaven, that's the only thing that you can take with you. You're a teacher, whether you like it or not. We are teachers. Our kids look at us and say, oh, okay, well, what is daddy doing? I'll do like him, right? Don't you see sometimes they imitate you, your children? So we need to be careful. I speak to myself first and then to each and every one. A father teaches, teaches his children kindness. How? By being thoughtful at home. He teaches patience by being understanding where? At home. He teaches honesty by keeping his promises to his family. A father teaches justice by being fair with everyone. So, with our first point, a father commands godly influence. Where's it? This is a mirror. The word of God is a mirror. And Paul is asking him, in the midst of all this, you men of God, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness.
May the Lord help us to teach our children through our example. That's the influence. Another responsibility for fathers is a, he is a guardian of Christian ethics. A guardian. First, he commands godly influence. Secondly, he is a guardian of Christian ethics. Once a man told Samuel Taylor Coleridge, a man of God, that he had decided not to teach his tr- children religion. Just listen with He was going to let them grow up and make religious choices for themselves. You be careful, fathers and mothers. As long as your children are with you at home, you teach them the precepts of God. You teach them. And this, when he wants to let his children make choices for themselves. Well, that sounded well and good. But the truth, Samuel Taylor felt, it is a demonic attitude. He called it demonic. Coleridge did not comment on Friend's statement. He waited until the visit was concluded and then said, May I show you my flower garden? Are you with me? Yes? As the two men walked to the back of the house, Coleridge took his friend to a weed patch. The friend exclaimed, This is not a flower garden. These are weeds. Oh, yes, it is, said Coleridge. I decided not to inhibit my garden. I decided not to cultivate it. I have just left it at liberty to grow as it chooses. Did you get the point? He goes on to say how foolish it is for parents to neglect their responsibility to educate their children in spiritual matters. Fathers, you are the guardians of Christian ethics. Nowadays, nowadays, especially today, many children are left unsupervised. untrained, and are given freedom to live as they please and choose for themselves. And here's, I got a letter. I want to read it to you. Here's what a teenager wrote. I have this this problem with my parents or myself. I don't know which. My parents are very easygoing. They let me get by with anything. I know a lot of kids would love it if their parents would let them do what they please. Well, it's not fun. It makes me feel guilty and rotten inside. One of these days, I'm afraid I'll do something awful. The thought of it makes me scared. Kids are lucky whose parents are strict. How 
I wish mine were. You are the guardian of Christian ethics. You be careful fathers. The Bible clearly says, train your child. Train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. You're not raising wheat patches here. You're raising men and women for the future. So discipline them as long as they're home with you because you are the man responsible. I call and charge every father this morning. Love and honor your wives. Stay close to your children. Teach them God's ways by being an example in righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Isn't it the word of God? Third point, I'm not going to keep you long because I know you have commitments. A godly father has a solid testimony for his, for his Savior. A solid testimony for his Savior. Every believer would affirm that the Christian life begins with faith, right? Faith opens the door. To an amazing relationship with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah for that. But not, not very many fathers put any emphasis on this basic and important foundation for a solid Christian life. That's a sorrowful situation in our nation today. In verse 12, Paul writes to his son Timothy. He, taught, he tells him, Lay hold of the eternal life which he, you have been called and profess it strongly. Profess it. Have a strong testimony in your actions at the church or anywhere else. Christian testimonies, where does it begin? Let me ask you a question. Where does it begin? Home. Who said home? Amen. It begins at home. And it begins with family prayers and devotions. We cannot, listen to this, we cannot have Christians, Christian homes without Christians in the home. If you think you can have a Christian home by bringing your kids Sunday only Sunday to Sunday school, leave them at the door of the church Sunday school and come back and pick them up one hour later. You are not going to have a Christian home. A Christ, you come to church and you want to be a member of the church. You've got to be a Christian at home first. And then you will act the same at the church. This is exactly what I mean to say. The father. This is why I said his sound testimony at home. He sets the pace for the whole family to follow. And this is a great responsibility. Fathers, we have a great responsibility. As the head of the household, as the leader of your family, you should certainly lead in this area. 
A good testimony begins at home. Period. A godly father is first loving. Loving. Secondly, kind and graceful. Yet, yet, firm and compassionate. They all go together. In addition, the father should be a man of prayer. Are we men? Are we on this Father's Day? And he should be consistently available for his family. Did you hear this? Consistently available for his family. One of the most prominent leaders and father was indwelt by the word of God who became the premier example in Israel. He was one of the great generals who divided the land of Israel for their inheritance, Joshua, at the consummation of his so successful life and brilliant leadership, he said this to the whole nation, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's the best thing you can ever say. That's the best achievement you can ever achieve in your life. When you get to the point and you look back, you don't look back at your successful situation at work, nor in the business arena or in politics or in whatever. You can only look back Say, I have been a great testimony for my family. I have been the man, if you will please, after God's own heart. When you look within, with your conscience, as for me and this family the Lord has given me, we shall serve the Lord. Fathers, as I said, it's a great responsibility. He told them, I have no other testimony to tell you. I'm not going to list all the achievements. I can tell you one thing. I have a great family. I'm so proud that we worship the Lord all together. Do you have that at home? At the close of a telecast, showing the illustrious life of General Douglas MacArthur, who remembers him? Many. Amen to that. If you say. As a soldier, the retiring general said, after all and everything that was cited about him, he said, I don't want my son to remember me as a soldier, but as a father who prayed with him. You want to have a happy Father's Day? Follow the word of God. What a testimony for this great 
leader and patriot. Lord, give us men like him. Amen. May the Lord raise more men whose priorities are to see their children dedicated to Jesus Christ early in their lives. My last point. A godly man values his family. Values his family. A godly man should be always on the alert. What his family is fed. I don't mean whether you feed him cereal in the morning and so on. This is mother's responsibilities. Whether she gives him bacon and donuts or that. Leave that for mother. <laughs> but we are responsible what our kids are fed spiritually. For instance, where are your children, dear father, on Sunday morning? Well, they have a soccer practice. They have a baseball practice. They have football practice. Does this come before God? There's nothing wrong with football, soccer, or any other sports. If it does not interfere with the program of your spiritual program that is of your children. Work around it. Give God the preeminence. Give him the priority. And for yourself too. Be with them. Take them by the hand. And take them inside. I said, okay, I'll keep them in Sunday school up there. And I come here and attend the, the, the meeting. They'd love to know that you are with them. You're available when they need you. So many people, I've seen them dropping their children at the door of the churches. I said, what time do you finish church? We said 12. I will be back at 12. Hello? Where's the example? Where are the family values in this? Men, be careful. Huge responsibility. The importance of parental presence as a support for their children's lives and for their achievements should not be underestimated. You be careful. It should be monitored at every phase in a child's life. Remember the letter that this school student wrote. Say, I don't know what to do. Do you know why you hear sometimes about students committing suicide? The parents are not available. This is why the children go into bad company. And, did, and what, what, what would you think they end up doing? Drugs. All kinds of bad things. I don't like to list them. And suddenly, suddenly, children are lost. Some of them are dead. And some of them 
become a menace to society. Be available, please. Be available for your children. And for your grandchildren too, if you have any. When you monitor this, when they grow up, you will never regret it. Someone said, children regard the presence and the interest of fathers in their lives as a symbol of caring and connectedness that is far more significant than any material support could ever be. I repeat again, train up your children in the way they should go. Train them up. I have two little stories to end with. Max Jukes lived in New York a long time ago. He did not believe in Christ or Christian training. He refused to take his children to church. When they asked to go, he said, no, we don't go to church. He has had, after a long life, 1,026 descendants, families and families. 300 were sent to prison for an average term of 13 years. 190 were public prostitutes. 680 were admitted alcoholics. His family thus far has cost the state in excess of half a million dollars. They made no contribution to society. On the other hand, Jonathan Edwards, who heard about Jonathan Edwards, a man of God, lived in the same state. At the same time, Jukes lived. He loved the Lord and saw that his children were in church every Sunday. As he served the Lord the best to his knowledge and the best of his ability. He has had 929 descendants. 430 of these were ministers of the Lord. 86 became university professors. 13 became university presidents. 75 authored good books. Seven were elected to the United States Congress. One was vice president of this nation. His family never cost the state one cent, but as had contributed, contributed immeasurably to the life of plenty in this great land of ours. Fathers, we're challenged today. Do you command godly influence? Are you exercising Christian ethics? Three, have you had at home or anywhere a, Christ, a, a godly Christian testimony? And finally, do you value your family and care for it? May the Lord exercise our hearts.
so we can be better fathers. Amen? Amen. Well, and thank God for every father this morning. And have a happy Father's Day. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. For this day we celebrate Father's Day. But Lord, let us not forget. As we go for celebrations with our families, and as some have gone already, help us to be an example. An example of true love, compassion, kindness, integrity. True Christianity. And as we go our own ways, may you be with each and every person. Give these families a wonderful day. And help us, Lord, to know if we cannot come up with these things and we come short, we need you. And if anyone amongst us here says, I cannot be a godly father, well, may this man or woman come to you for salvation and ask you to come into their lives and then they can be godly fathers and godly, godly mothers and thus they will raise a godly family. Dismiss us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.